Hey everybody, welcome back to Jersey Shore Racing Scene. I'm your host, Mike Bellello. It's been a little while since we've uh, been together for a podcast. Uh, I've learned a couple things over this winter about podcasting in general, like one, very difficult to podcast uh, when you're sick. I had a, a good three-week period there where I was coughing pretty good and couldn't really do an interview or have a podcast when that was happening. Number two, there's not a lot that goes on during the uh, off season. Um, short of doing interviews, which I love doing interviews, but they're they're pretty tough to do. Uh, coordinating schedules with a lot of people is very difficult. People have wives and kids and families and jobs and stuff like that, uh, so it was pretty difficult. It's also tough doing a podcast when you're trying to get a couple of race cars together. Um, just finished up the factory stock. This past weekend, I have a couple little things to do on it, but for the most part, it's done. Um, and then also the slingshot, we were supposed to go down and run the um, race down at Bridgeport, the slingshot uh, world championships. Unfortunately, we were rained out, but a lot of work getting that done and getting the trailer loaded and all that kind of stuff. It kind of snuck up on us uh, there. So we're back now and we're going to have a, a great show for you today. Uh, I'm just going to kind of go through a couple topics. Uh, no guests today, uh, just me and you. And uh, we're going to talk about some things that are heading up. So again, enjoy this episode of Jersey Shore Racing Scene. We'll be right back in a few moments. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Before we get started with this week's episode, I just wanted to take a couple seconds and uh, pass along my condolences to Rob Mancini and his family. Uh, Rob is just one of the really good guys in racing. I met Rob when Nick and I took the plunge and uh, left Wall Stadium quarter midgets and went down to try to uh, race some dirt quarter midgets down at Atco, and Rob was one of the first people that I met down there, and his son Paul and just I've been following Paul's you know career you know last couple of years as he's moved to big cars and just a super nice guy and uh you know I, I can't, there's really no words for me to describe you know how I'm feeling right now about this and 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 there's no words to uh, really say to him you know for his loss it's just a it's a terrible tragedy so uh, to the whole Mancini family, uh, just, you know, want to pass along our condolences and, and hope that, um, you know, you guys can find some some peace and move forward. Uh, I was thrilled to see Rob's Facebook post yesterday. His youngest son, Ryan, is is, is five, and he's going to be starting his quarter midget career over at uh, New Egypt quarter midget uh, racetrack. And I'm just so glad that he's going to continue to do that uh, and, and, and get involved. And, and I wish him the best of luck. And I'll be around to see him race some quarter midget races and obviously, you know, see Paul with a big car uh, and stuff like that. So again, our condolences to the entire family. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, this, this racing season uh, will provide them some, um, you know, a little bit of a distraction uh, so they can kind of get back to some, you know, semblance of normalcy. I know he'll have a you know tremendous amount of support at the racetrack. Uh, okay, so moving on from that, um, a couple topics really quickly this week that I think, um, you know, are interesting things, just, you know, observations that I've seen. Um, I was glad to see Ryan Priest have a good run at Phoenix. Uh, he's been running pretty well in that number 41 car and just have, has had just some awful luck. Uh, wrecked three, uh, actually the first three races. Uh, the third race, it was like one of the last laps. It looked like it was like a late restart. Uh, and then he wound up getting, you know, caught up in, in somebody else's mess. So uh, nice to see him do well. A um, little bit of local flavor with him. You know, he was someone who came to Turkey Derby a lot and obviously, you know, modified tour guy and, uh, you know, like to cheer for him and, and hope, wish him continued success. He's in a really good car and hopefully, uh, you know, he kind of, you know, continues on and, and does well, which will be good. So that's definitely um, – you know, a little bit of cup news. Uh, NASCAR has owned uh, the, the last four weeks, okay? Uh, you know, and we talked about this before. Once the NFL is over, 
you know, you really have sort of a lull. Uh, World Baseball Classic, you know, I mean, I'm sure people are watching it. It's probably not anything crazy. Obviously, this coming up weekend with the uh, NCAA March Madness Basketball Tournament, that will definitely, um, you know, have some, you know, cut into some ratings uh, with your casual fans. But the racing's been pretty good so far. Um, I'm a, a big Jeff Gordon fan, so I like seeing the 24 in victory lane a couple weeks in a row. My kids are big Kyle Larson fans, so they don't like seeing him lose, uh, you know, you lose a couple in a row there with a, with a late caution. But that's part of racing. That's what happens. So, again, real good to see him have some success. And, you know, he's a, he's a local guy, and hopefully he can uh, – continue to uh, to run well so one of the the the, the big you know local uh you know stories actually i've been getting a lot of text messages and facebook messages like hey where's the podcast you know you know what's happening with it is it dead um now we're just waiting for the wall stadium schedule which um again i i will text rob hire a couple times uh, a couple times a week where's the schedule you know and uh again i understand that you know there probably isn't a great rush for it like most people know okay most Saturday nights, you know, are going to be taken, you know, at Wall Stadium racing. Uh, but I think for a lot of people that either like to race other places, uh, there might be sportsmen people running the, you know, that, that dual track series between uh, Mahoning and uh, Mountain Speedway. Um, they might want to know what the dates are going to be. Um, I think just racers in general like to know when they're going to race. And it's not like the schedule is a couple weeks late. It's a couple of months late at this point. I mean, other tracks are racing already. Uh, and obviously, we know Wall's not going to open up until, you know, usually mid April for practice and then, you know, either late April or early May for for the racing. But, uh, you know, I don't know what the, the holdup is. It could be something with the town. It could be something uh, just with, you know, with the family. Maybe they have other things going on. But um, I thought that, uh, you know, I think the schedule being this late definitely uh, messes with some people in terms of uh, vacations, other races, stuff like that. Um, you know, and for some people, it matters. Some people, I know some people are going to sit here and say, well, you know, you can't be making your vacation schedule around racing. Well, I don't. I mean, we go to on vacation the same, you know, two weeks every summer and it doesn't matter what race is going on. I'm not going to be there. But uh, for some people, they do. Some people that are running for the championship, they're going to make their vacation plans uh, and life plans around uh around wall stadium schedule so uh it would be nice to have the schedule out so i did see an update on the site a couple days ago it says you know they're working on the schedule and it'll be out soon uh hopefully that is something that happens i know that the nascar wheel and modified tour date is on the modified tour schedule so uh you know a lot of people were saying oh you know they they i guess you know there's warehouses that are approved you know for the land adjacent to wall stadium across the street from the from the airport uh and people are you know saying that that might be the end of of the racetrack uh i don't think that's the case i don't think they would have signed a contract with nascar if they uh, we're not planning on opening this year, uh, which, you know, leads me, you know, sort of into a, you know, a whole nother part of the discussion. Uh, if you look at what happened with new Egypt speedway, um, you really do need a certain kind of person, uh, that has a certain level of wealth to step in and, uh, take over a racetrack. I mean, you have to have enough money to say, Hey, we're going to, you know, put our lives on hold. Like, you know, it seems like the Grasso's are doing, uh, with, you know, really making the racetrack their life, um, with all kinds of capital improvements. And obviously the financial commitment it takes, you know, to purchase a racetrack and, and spend all the money to get all this stuff done. Um, you know, and that might be something that, you know, the Krause family wants to do, and it might not be something that they don't want to do. Um, you know, I know Andrew's looking to run some more, uh, modified tour races this year. Um, that might be something where, you know, they've, they've, they put a lot of time in, they've kept the track going, but it is a tremendous amount of work. Uh, you need a lot of people to make the racetrack go. Um, it's just a lot of work. So, uh, with the way the world is, I mean, I, I was reading the racing paper the other day, there's like three or four tracks that are, that are close 
closed down and they're going to be developed. I know uh, Andy Harpel's got five mile point, you know, closed up and, and they're ready to come in and, and, and knock that down. And I think they're putting warehouses or some, some type of industrial use up there. So, um, you know, it's just very difficult when, when, when the land becomes more valuable uh, to do other things, it makes it really, really difficult to keep racetracks going. Uh, and in Wall Township, you only operate one day a week. Uh, you only have one day a week to make money, which is only four nights per month that you have to make enough money to make either owning the racetrack or leasing the racetrack worth it. Um, so it does take, uh, again, people that are that are really putting profit aside. I don't think they're making any money operating Wall Stadium. Uh, and I know uh, one of the articles, um, Rick Rosso flat out said, like, I don't care about making a profit. I want to get uh, as close as I can to breaking even. And I just want to have a place to, you know, for my kids to race. And, and I'm sure he's teaching his kids the business of operating a racetrack. And, and that's really what you need. And that those people, I mean, everybody dreams about doing it, but you know, people that actually have the ability and the financial, um, ability to do it, you know, are very few and far between. So, um, again, you know, as, as frustrated as everybody is with no schedule, you know, be patient because it's coming out and, uh, you know, when it comes out, everybody will be, will be good. And we'll obviously do an episode as soon as it, as it comes out and, and we'll go from there. So the other big story is one that I don't really understand the fuss about. Um, the New Jersey State Police, they do a great job with safety. Uh, anyone who's ever raced in a different state uh, will know that, you know, we really do take f- for granted uh, the New Jersey State Police Racing Control Board and the rules they put forth. Um, I've been to Pennsylvania a lot with the Slinger, uh, and some of the things you see in some of the cars will just make you shake your head, um, safety-wise, or lack of safety-wise. So um, the big rule that has been put in place now, it was just announced that it will be an August 1st start date, is the fire suppression system on board. Um, So as of August 1st, every car, big car, small car in New Jersey has to have uh, fire suppression system, uh, five pound bottle minimum for the big cars, two and a half pound uh, bottle minimum for I guess the midgets and the legend cars like small cars. Um, I know it's recommended for the slingshots because we were kind of looking at that. Um, yeah, I mean, and I understand it's an extra expense, and I understand that it is an extra hassle. Um, but I don't always understand. Now, listen, full disclosure. I had a fire system in my son's four cylinder last year. I know that's a little bit crazy, but you know we we bought it and we put it in the car. Uh, one nozzle at his feet, one nozzle in the trunk at the fuel cell. Uh, we took that out, put it in our in our factory stock when we got that. So I've I've had it for you know for a while. Um, one of the things that kind of um, you know uh, baffles me uh, is is the fact that a five hundred or six hundred dollar fire suppression system is too much, um, especially for someone that has a 25 or 30 or $40,000 sportsman or modified. Um, the cost of the cars has gotten absolutely out of control. Uh, I know that just looking into, uh, looking into a dirt sportsman, uh, you know, a friend of mine was looking to build a dirt sportsman. Um, and they're talking, you know, $30,000 complete for a dirt sportsman to run new Egypt with, which, you know, that's if you want the best of the best stuff, uh, which is, is crazy. So the fact that, you know, he would spend $30,000 and then not spend the 500 on a fire suppression system is, is kind of silly. Now I do understand for some of the lower buck drivers, uh, that they wouldn't want to do that. But I remember going through this with, um, seats that full containment seats and Hans, 
Tom's devices. Uh, and again, you know, and I always say this all the time, like if you can't afford a $500 fire suppression system, you probably can't afford to race. You know, um, you probably have, you know, uh, you know, ten to $15,000 truck because even an old truck's worth ten dollars to $15,000. You probably have a three to $5,000 trailer at a minimum. Uh, and then you probably have, I mean, e- e- even a four-cylinder is $5,000. So, you know, you may have twenty dollars or $25,000 worth of stuff, even if you're running a four-cylinder driving into Wall Stadium or in New Egypt, um, you know, you can afford the $500 fire suppression system or maybe you probably can't afford to do this. And I know that, you know, people will get mad when you say that, oh, we don't need it. Well, you don't know if you need it until you need it, okay? I do understand Wall Stadium's got a wonderful track crew. Their track crew is in full fire suits, ready to go. They're well-trained. They know what they're doing. Um, You know, I would rather be able to, uh, you know, hit that button or have that fire suppression system go off. I know, at least if it's my kid in the car, I'd rather have him have the option to pull that uh, fire suppression system uh, and save himself rather than even wait 30 seconds for the track crew to run up there and get to him. Um, you know, and again, people say, well, you just get out of the car. Uh, maybe you can't get out of the car. Maybe you're trapped in the car. Maybe you're in a pile up. Maybe you're on the bottom of a pile. Maybe you're, uh, you know, flipped over. I mean, there's all different types of things. So I do understand that some people think it's overkill. I, I disagree with those people vehemently. Um, I, I think that it's one of those things that just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I remember back uh, when the Hans device was first sort of introduced um, and there was, you know, a couple cup drivers were, were, were trying it out and using it. And, you know, people were making fun of them because they couldn't get ahead to put the Hans device in and get in the car after, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I do know for a fact that, you know, Wall Stadium had a had a fatality um, uh, with Mike DeSantis that if you if, you know, Hans devices were mandated before uh, he, he probably would have made it out of that wreck. Um, obviously, the you know, the people always focus on Dale Earnhardt, who obviously would have been saved by a Hans device as well. Uh, but if you think even before that, you had Kenny Irwin and you had Kyle, um, uh, sorry, uh, Adam Petty, uh, who both died within a month or six weeks of each other at New Hampshire uh, from the exact same injury. So there was a rash, Tony Roper's another that comes to mind. There was a rash of that stuff happening uh, in NASCAR. And it, it, it didn't even, it didn't even take the death of Adam Petty, who is again, you know, from a legendary family. It took Dale Earnhardt to have have that be mandated, and thankfully, it's kind of trickled down through the, um, you know, through the through the short track ranks, and now it's pretty much mandatory everywhere. Um, and again, you know, it, it's never a bad thing to be proactive on safety. Uh, saw the other day, Stafford Motor Speedway is putting in safer barriers, which is unheard of for a short track, um, but they're they're going the extra mile for their for their weekly competitors. Um, that's something that uh, that they're doing. So again, uh, if you've been racing in another state and you've seen some of the crazy things going on, people with seatbelts in their car for eight years, nine years, 10 years, um, stuff like that. I mean, and I, I've, I actually saw that um, where I just was, I actually went to look at a car uh, that I was going to purchase and uh, you know, looked at the date on the seatbelt and it was like seven years, uh, expired. And it's just, it's crazy that people are just like, ah, seatbelts are fine. You know, I, I never got in a hard crash. Well, that doesn't make a difference. There's a reason why, um, the SFI dates are on the, uh, the safety equipment. And there's also a reason why they have those rules, right? There's a rule in, in place for a reason. So, um, yeah, so that's one of those things again, uh, you know, we'll see what, you know, what happens with that, but it'll be something that'll, that debate will rage on and on, but that's just my take on it. Um, as usual, probably not a overly popular, uh, opinion, but again, spend the 600, 
save your butt. In my case, save my kid's butt. God forbid he's on fire. You know, yeah, you have all the fireproof stuff. That'll give you whatever it gives you, 30 seconds a minute. You give that, you know, he can pull that, you know, hit that plunger and and put the fire out and, and keep him safe. So that's one of those things. So again, agree or disagree, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, again, we're getting back to the one of the other notes I had that I kind of missed before, uh, with Wall Stadium being late on their schedule and New Egypt opening up so early, I wonder, I don't know for sure, but I wonder how much New Egypt uh, and New Egypt's resurgence will affect the attendance at Wall Stadium. That was something I kind of probably should have put before. I had it in my, my notes and I had them out of order. Uh, you know, I know some people are like, like me, I'm a pavement fan. You know, if you're a pavement fan, you're a pavement fan. But I mean, those in between fans, you know, those fans that are kind of, kind of sort of on the fence. I just wonder uh, with New Egypt making a, a resurgence and, and stuff like that, if they're going to, uh, if they're going to eat into, you know, into Wall's fan base. I, I'm, I'd be curious to see that. Obviously, they're going to they're going to eat into Bridgeport's fan base because they're obviously competing head to head Saturday night for Saturday night, and it doesn't seem like either one of them are going to back down. And uh, I think there'll be great racing at both facilities and Wall Stadium for that matter all year. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, last topic for the day is the Chase Elliott injury. Uh, I'm going to kind of equate it to a local short track uh, situation, but um, so Chase Elliott goes snowmobiling. Hurts himself, breaks his leg, pretty significant um, leg injuries. Now he's out. Um, and again, we don't need to get into you know a whole lot of you know what their contracts are and does it cost them money because these guys are all multimillionaires. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, but I, I've heard so much criticism uh, of Chase Elliott. Hey, how can you do that during the racing season? All that kind of stuff. I mean, you have some drivers that are racing some really, really dangerous cars. I mean, Kyle Larson's going to go run Indy uh, in a couple of years for, for you know for two years. Uh, he runs sprint cars, you know, a couple of times a week during the summer. Um, I would think that you probably have a much greater chance of having a, a, a serious injury in a sprint car uh, than you do in a snowmobile. So uh, I kind of look at you know shake my head when people are, are getting crazy about uh, Chase Elliott. Obviously, it's an unfortunate injury. It hurts their team. Uh, I mean, they they put Josh Berry in. He did a great job finishing finishing tenth this week, which was which was good to see. But um, you know, and I don't know how they worked the championship with the waiver and all that stuff. Uh, but it, it does, you know, it does kind of you know make you sort of wonder, you know, how much of these guys' regular lives are they are they asked to give up uh, and things that you know not doing things that they like to do, um, you know, when they're. Uh, um, you know, in order to, I actually said snowmobile, it's actually snowboarding, which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah, he was snowboarding and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously a pretty dangerous way to spend your time, but, um, you know, he's obviously very good at it, or I don't think he'd be going down the mountain like me first time. Um, uh, but I have the same, I have the same thing with my son Ryan with baseball, you know, um, obviously, you know, um, heading into to last year, you know, we took a couple a risk, a couple nights, um, you know, with the, uh, you know, during his baseball season, Hey, I want to run, you know, I want to, I want to go around and race race at wall stadium and listen that could have gone very badly for us i mean if he would have gotten into a wreck at, at on the racetrack and injured his leg or injured his arm or something like that and not been able to play for his team that would have been something that i would have been kicking myself you know with for a while which is why we're kind of not taking that uh same chance now that he's he's playing in college we, we kind of said okay we're gonna you know we're definitely gonna wait until after the season's over you know early to mid-may to, to hit the track but um yeah it's one of those things where you, you know everybody makes takes calculated risks every day in their life 
uh, and you know sometimes they 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 don't go well, and that that's something where uh, that happens, you know. So again, just some just some news and some stuff that's going on. Uh, like I said, we're gonna our next episode will be when we uh, when we hear and see the the Wall Stadium schedule. We'll break that down. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll have a little bit more of a clear uh, viewpoint on heading into the season. I'd like to do uh, obviously do previews from every. Uh, for every division and uh, again we'll go from there and we will see where we're at at that point Alrighty, so hopefully everybody enjoyed this uh good to talk to everybody again this is mike bolello on jersey shore racing scene see you all soon